0: to the movie Brew, a podcast about british film and filmmakers. I'm joined as always with my co-host Lester Garland. How's Hello. It going? Nick? I'm good. I'm good. We got caught out in the rain. We've yeah. had a bit of a wet day. We did. Um it was a storm. Yeah, a little bit of a storm. I was riding my bike. I'm a bit soaked. So I am in am recording this in my tracksuit. Which is not something I'd usually do, yeah. But just painting a picture for dear listeners, for all the audio listeners, yeah, right. (laughs) So they can hear. I wonder what I can hear Tarek wearing today. I know, right? But if you hear any rustling of uncomfortable (laughs) garments, it's those. It's those. It's those jammy tracksuits that I'm wearing. Very good. Uh, Moving swiftly on, (laughs) uh, today we'll be talking about um,
1: "Blinded by the Light." Rages on. Reagan and Thatcher are still number one, but I'm stuck in Luton. No fun, freedom, or future. Javid writes all the time. He's never had a girlfriend before. Is that against your religion? September 3rd, 1987. You got Wham boys, Banana Rama girls, and then there's me. Who here wants to be a writer? The writers I admire make a difference. Listen, if you want to succeed, do what the Jews do. See that's a bit racist, Dad. Stay away from the girls! Follow the Jews!
2: Come on everyone!
1: My family is stuck in another century. You do not know this country like I do. They will never accept you better. That's good to not fit in. This is our table now. Bruce, the direct line to all that's true in this shitty world. Seriously, thank me later. <laughs> It could be like that. It's like Bruce knows everything I've ever felt. Everything I've ever wanted. That's what you call real music. Springsteen. He's more what your dad listens to. Not my dad. (laughs) Eliza's very picky on who she brings home. The more provocative, the better. What's provocative about Javed? I want to be a writer. Writing isn't a job. I need you to do more. I can't wait to get away from here. Shazia. You look like a Pakistani Madonna. When I'm dancing, I block out the world. I know what you mean. If you don't fix this now, we will lose our son for good. You cannot be serious. Bruce, is about not letting the hardness of the world stop you from letting the best of you slip away. I hope to build a bridge to my ambitions, but not a wall between my family and me. The music, the possibilities—I want to taste it all for myself.
0: You're still coming to my party tonight? Emma's mates are coming, and I know one who would be perfect for you. Really? She's not fussy. And that was Blinded by the Light. Yep. Sounds like good <laughs> Um yeah. So yeah, you heard it in the trailer, but it's basically the story of, um, based on a true story of the this kid called Javed, who is a um, British Muslim uh, kid growing up in Luton outside of London. And he just wants to get away. He just kind of wants to get away from this crappy town in the middle of the 80s in Thatcher's England. Yeah. And and wants- there's the National Front involved as well yeah and there's that big divide and he's discovers uh what i would describe as like freedom through bruce springsteen's music yeah and finds ways to express himself and like find who he really is and what he wants to do and gain the confidence to do all these different things through the music yeah um so yeah that's kind of like the synopsis thing anything you mm-hmm. want to kind of add um yeah well it was uh, Vivek Kalras who plays Javed uh, yep. it was his first feature film yeah and I for one thought he did very very well I thought his acting was really good actually yeah Um, I when I sort of found out it was his first film I was like wow fucking really That's, yeah wow okay Um, it had a budget of 15 million so and avid listeners will know that last week we did bend it like Beckham yes do you know what the budget of that was was it 15 million it definitely was not 100%. It was definitely not 3.5 million. So here's the interesting story mm. about this. That's what they tell you the budget is. Okay. But that's not what the budget was. Okay. That's what they bought the film for. Oh, the, that's sneaky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this film premiered at Sundance and, mm-hmm. um, it's an independent movie and they've raised, they raised a couple of money. The, I don't know what the specific figure is. Cause I checked on certain things It's kind of quite hidden, which usually means that it's pretty damn low. Like yeah. in the single digit millions, I would assume. Um, but it was one of the, it premiered at Sundance and it was one of the hit films there. And then within 20 minutes of the premiere screening, texts were flying around and Garin Chadder was like receiving all this stuff. And like, People from Sony and like Universe on Warner were like Tesla, and uh, I think Warner, the Warner lady was just like, don't give this to anyone else. I need this film. Mm-hmm. And it hadn't even finished screening yet. That's and they're just like starting this bidding war. And people dream of this stuff in the independent yeah, market. Yeah, could like, you imagine being in that position where yeah. just everyone's just offering to buy your your creative output for that was, much it was just a hit it's one thing to get into these festivals another thing yeah, to I mean, have that's a good, impressive enough exactly another thing to have a good reception yeah and then another thing to go out of there having sold your film to a major studio yeah at the highest price at that studio but not only having a major studio buy it but also having several major studios fight over it yeah that's insane it's fucking insane. Yeah. So um yeah, really 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 cool. And so they ended up buying the film for 15 million uh dollars, nice. which is what they used to kind of throw into the marketing budget and stuff for this film after the film had already been made. But I imagine although it's not although it's not outwardly stated that the budget was much much less. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you're probably right. Um yeah. Well, e- either way, it's probably more than Bender like Beckham because Definitely. it does show when you watch it. 100%. Mhm. mm so, uh, what? What uh, do you have? You got any techie bits? Before I want to in? get into some more production stuff. Okay, about this because, mm-hmm. like, there is this is a really interesting story. So it's based on the story of uh, Safraz, yeah. uh, Safraz Mamura, I think is his name, who is uh, the writer. Car- who is kind of the writer character is based on Javed's character is yeah. based on, and he um, wrote a memoir. Which was based on his experiences with Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. and how a Muslim Asian kid kind of grew up and found himself through uh listening to Bruce Springsteen's music. Yeah. Uh there so he's a massive super Bruce Springsteen fan. Been to hundreds and hundreds of gigs, followed him around the world, would always be in the front row of these concerts and stuff. Yeah, he's like obsessive. Obsessive, like like dissecting the stuff like <laughs> like we we did a music degree so like we used to kind of dive in deep but this is like another level of fandom and yeah. stuff that work is just impressive <laughs> for those for yeah. like the 80s it's just impressive yeah definitely um so he would get recognized at these gigs uh because it's quite odd to see a adult asian tall, like six foot guy in the front row of a Bruce Springsteen gig in America in Indianapolis. Like there's not, there's not a ton of those. Yeah. So he would like recognize him and be like, Oh, you're here again. What are you doing in Pittsburgh? Like, <laughs> like that's crazy. So um, he'd been, he'd been to a few of these things and they kind of, talked a little bit on and off in certain things because he just happened to be in the same place as Bruce or whatever. <laughs> um, what a coincidence. I know. So um, <laughs> he wrote this memoir and uh, it was thinking, oh, if there's one person I'd want to direct this, it'd be like to O'Challa, the woman who made Bender Light Beckham, because that's a kind of story that's got similar themes. It talks mm-hmm. about the same sort of thing. Anyway, they kind of knew of each other, but Bruce Springsteen had a film out called the promise I haven't seen it but Gurinder Chadha got invited to that screening in the BFI brings along Safras as a plus one instead of a husband so they go <laughs> at his request right so they uh, so she, <laughs> great shout yeah so Safras is hanging out there just chilling out And they, on the red carpet, Bruce Springsteen walks up, recognizes him at his premiere of this film. He's like, what are you doing here? This is great. And he goes up to him and he's like, I read your book, by the way. It's really great because he was going to take his book to try and get it signed by him. And he somehow he'd already gotten these memoirs. He's already read the book and he's just great. Garenda Charter sees this happening and rushes over and she's like, like had this whole speech planned instantly in that moment, all freezes up. And she's just like, I'm the person that wrote Ben and back, and we want to turn this story into a movie. Can we like make a movie about it? You're great. Love you. Bye. Please, please. Please. So somehow he like, cause he really connected with the story and stuff. He's like, yeah, that's great. Talk to my manager, John. So they get into it all and they just start having this relationship and they basically get Bruce's blessing to use any of his music in the film.
1: Mm.
0: Coming from, like I work in the music industry and to do with copyright and stuff, coming from that background. That's crazy. That's crazy. That yeah. never happens. Yeah, yeah. You never get some, an artist saying, you can use any of my music, carte blanche, just I'm giving it to you. Yeah. Just take no it. fees or whatever. Or probably was some fees like, hand on the background. But that never happens. So with that, it became evident that they got this kind of thing, like they're able to grow this into a movie now and they weren't sure about it. So what do they do? They're like, well, we need to write this. We need to make this into a script. And so they wrote the film with the script, but it became evident that they can't make this film without Bruce's approval, Mm. without his blessing. So they write the script and they write it for the audience of Bruce Springsteen. Like, he's the only person they want to impress with this film. (laughs) Like, they just write this whole script and like, if Bruce doesn't like this, then we're not making this film. Because he's he's got the final say at uh, at Elv. Which is why I think you said he's credited as a writer. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, maybe. He gave the okay, kind of, for it to be. Yeah, you're probably right with that. um, For it to be made. So they wrote the script, basically, for him. And that's that's how it got, basically, made. And then his, like, kind of managers just said, run with it yeah so yeah i just think that's a really fun interesting kind of behind the scenes story it's, it's kind of like like a too good to be true kind of story but yeah. it actually happened this it's so weird whole movie oozes of feel goodness oh yeah even yeah. the background behind the scenes like has like elements of just like oh that's so nice like yeah, it's just yeah. like a little feel-good hug yeah so yeah there's tons there's tons of stuff like that um but yeah it's great yeah um so obviously on that uh the film features a lot of bruce springsteen songs yes um and just to name a few that i thought were quite interesting cool um so they used 12 of his songs in the soundtrack and it included some rarities which was one the first ever performance of the river from the no nukes 79 concert and an acoustic rendition of The Promised Land, which I remember playing. Um, it's a scene where Javed's like in his bedroom. Um, it's like a kind of a down scene. I remember it playing. I remember hearing it going like, I haven't heard, because I really like Bruce Springsteen as well. Oh yeah, but, you, like we, we should probably set the context uh, I'm, 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 of I'm this. I'm into it. <laughs> like, we should probably set the context of this. Like, it's it's perfect that we're, we're doing a podcast of this because I've yeah. come from a mixed race British Asian background yeah. with like that whole stuff attached to my viewing experience of this film, but not knowing much Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, and you're coming at it as like a Bruce fan, a Brucey boy. You yeah. are a fan of the Boss. Love uh, the Boss. I sure am. Uh, to the point where, uh, fun story. When I was I think like eighteen. I had uh, a watch with Bruce Springsteen's face on it. No. And I never took it off. That's <laughs> just, like it just stayed on my wrist for so long. <laughs> that's so, um, so yeah, that that scene, there's a acoustic rendition of the Promised Land. Um, which I'd never I never heard heard before. And I was like, that's a really good rendition. And somehow I'd never got through I, I'd done a deep dive enough to hear that one somehow. Yeah. Um and also the soundtrack contains a previously unreleased Springsteen song, I'll Stand By You, which was originally written for inclusion in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. What? Yeah. That's amazing. So he wrote a song for, for Harry, Harry Potter. Potter. And then it just, I guess it just didn't, didn't get used. Oh my God. Like, like Peeves didn't get used. Rick yeah. Mayles' character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, but gosh. yeah, I just thought that was really weird. Like of all the, of all the like songwriters to have for like Harry Potter... Yeah, <laughs> no, but there's Bruce tons of tons of bands that like get these sort of briefs for stuff like that, and then yeah. just like right. and they never use any of their songs. It's weird, isn't it? like Radiohead did a Bond song that I would love to hear. Oh wow, yeah, like fucking crazy, crazy shit. But um, oh man, that Bruce Springsteen song, I could, I couldn't imagine that in the like in the soundtrack of Harry Potter or anywhere because that's all original score, isn't well, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like here's the thing, right. There's no I'm not, not going to keep banging on about Harry Potter. But like Harry Potter is no obviously <laughs> yeah, is is obviously magical fantasy stuff. Bruce Springsteen songs are like blue collar, down to earth, like brings you up when you've when you've had a shit day at work yeah. kind of music. Yeah. And it like it connects with the every man like working Joe kind of thing and that's why he's so popular. Those are two polar opposites. Exactly. Right. What yeah. the hell? But then yeah. when it's put in this film, it ju- it's perfect. Yeah it doesn't matter that it got written for a completely different film because it's just spot on for well this i think film. what you're touching on there is basically they found the commonalities and the common threads between yeah. what is going on in this um in this kind of muslim british asian family mm. and the dynamics there and the similarities in the 80s experienced by uh this kid and his family and um his trials and the similarities to what the stuff that Bruce was writing about in America and the hardships of being um being blue-collar working class, working in factories and doing that thing and having a hard time with with that. Um there's certain bits that they talk about in interviews with Corinda China where she talks about there's a clip of an interview that Bruce does and he's talking about who his heroes are. Mm. And he talks about his sister and his brother, who at the time had went through some really hard, st- hard stuff. Yeah. Um, and if he had heroes, yeah, it was his sister and his brother-in-law. Yeah, that and was they, it. He went, They went through like you know, uh, like a like a work. You know, there's unemployment, massive yeah. rates of unemployment and stuff. And they still brought up like a kid or whatever. And Bruce is going on like, well, that's that's what a hero is, kind yeah. of thing. And it's and he's like, you know, anyone. Uh, like my, my version of a hero is anyone who keeps the world turning is yeah. something he says and it's like and so that's what Charter. he's about yeah and she was like I had to use that clip it's because perfect. if you didn't understand what Bruce was about then yeah, watch yeah. that and then that just sums up everything that why we're making mm. this film it's a perfect soundbite to just yeah. to just yeah package yeah. it all in there um, yeah it's great um so yeah that's uh well that was just a couple of like cheeky bits if uh unless you've got anything else i'd like to get into the reviews uh let's jump into it man am i guessing these yeah you can guess these i'll I'll give you a little i'll give you a couple of pointers first they're all all out of 10 okay no half stars no half stars and i've picked ones i've tried at least to pick ones uh where they aren't raving they're all they're all varying they're okay. all very varied reviews Okay. and I've picked them because there's at least a little tiny thing in that that we can, um, I can at least kind of go, hmm, good point. And we can kind of talk about a little okay, bit. Okay, so there's no trolls. There's no trolls. No, no, no. Okay. Right, it's, all, nice. it's all fairly critical, but some are really high, some really low. Okay. Um, okay, so first one. From Daxa Freeman nine, <laughs> sweet uh, user reviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, quick thing before you start. Yes, what website are these reviews? Oh, I- from? IMDb. These, all right, great. All of these ones are IMDb. Cool. Uh, so Daxa Freeman says, heartwarming and funny. Blinded by the light is just brilliant. It's so heartwarming, heartbreaking, and funny all at the same time. I laughed, cried, and really tried hard to not sing along. Sure, it's corny in parts, but it adds to the magic of it. It's never going to win an Oscar, but it's a defo feel good movie that will literally have you smiling from ear to ear. Okay. Um I it's definitely heartwarming, it's definitely funny, mm-hmm. but there are tragic things. I disagree that I don't think this film's going to win like awards and stuff. I think I think this is definitely for the uh, some of the British awards. I would I'd see this kind of being a possible contender. Yeah, I don't see why not. For certain things. I don't things. see why not. Um the the thing that kind of uh I agreed with in there is it's corny in parts. Yeah, there are, there are cheesy moments. There sure is. There are cheesy. There are... But You kind of let it slide in the context of what's going on. It just on. kind of works with the charm of the film. Yeah, because the, um, the main character is kind of like a goofy, awkward kid anyway. Yeah. So you can imagine him doing this kind of, because it's like there's scenes where, uh, Bruce Springsteen songs are playing and he's like almost like a musical singing along, but he doesn't really sing along. He just kind of recites the words. Yeah. Um, in a way that someone who doesn't sing would. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it's, it's not like he's, you know, like Grace Kelly and just breaks out into just, song. A 100%. Like <laughs> and just knocks goes out into the park. A massive song and dance about it. Yeah. But, it's yeah, not no, like it's that at all. It's, it always stays grounded. So yeah, there is some cheesy moments, but I kind of, um, I'm kind of, while I was watching it, I was like, it's cheesy, but it's totally believable that that kid would do that. Yeah. And so that's what kept me in the film. Yeah. And I just thought that was a good that's, point. Yeah. That's a very, that's a very good point. Yeah, I can see that can get to some people. That might be a detrimental thing for them, but it doesn't take away anything from the film. Mm. How much do you reckon they gave it? Uh, Seven is what I think they gave it. Yeah, I'm going for a seven. They gave it a nine out of ten. Whoa! Corny bits didn't didn't get to them that much. Awesome. Yeah, I know. These are like kind of... Uh, these are all curveballs, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> to Fair be enough. Honest. I'm gonna think of the number that I want and then just pick the opposite number. That might be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see what see what happens. Okay. This one is from Harry MJ, one two three eight six nine six four two nine. Okay, great. Uh, None of those are the 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 number of stars I gave it. Like, like no, that, just, that was that was one number, and that's I'm, how many stars. They get. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm rain Manning, like all of the numbers that you just used there, and I'm just completely like eliminating them from the uh, from the choices. <laughs> okay, sorry, I just knocked my water bottle off, and just smacked it on the table. <laughs> Harry MJ said, managed to get through it thanks to a Cineworld secret screening. I was made to sit through this film. It was okay in places but cringy and weak throughout it. It was afraid to have any silence and instead would just fade in an eighties track that had no connection or relevance to the story or to Springsteen. The characters felt forced and one dimensional based on a true story, but not one I really needed to know. Okay. So I'm going to point. I think this is a good, good point Mm -hmm. to point out a little fact about the song choices in this film yeah um there was a lot of thought behind uh the music choices of what springsteen songs to use because of the date in which the film is set yeah so they could only use springsteen songs between the beginning of his catalog up and until 1987 which is when the film is set yeah so just that in its own proves how much they dive deep into what songs were the perfect ones to use in the right moment, but could only use them from a specific time period. Yeah. I think that's a really, I think that's a nice little tidbit to kind of that counteract yeah, yeah. that review in terms of like, here's how they thought about um, the soundtrack and stuff. Sure. I uh, disagree, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he gave it probably about three to us. Four stars.
1: Oh, four stars. was, was my original was one.
0: I thought, don't trust yourself. Oh. Um, so the the thing that got me about that one is it said it was afraid to have silence and instead would just fade in an 80s track. I was like, you know what? There's some truth to that, I think. Disagree. Not with the Springsteen songs, but with like the fucking Tiffany records and like the Wham and all that stuff that comes in. Yeah. Because you've got you've got the Springsteen thing, which is obviously integral. Mm-hmm. You've got some um Asian music which comes in when there's more kind of like family orientated scenes, which is obviously has a purpose there. Right. Um, there's some like cheesy 80s songs that comes in that does have a purpose to like kind of reflect how kind of crappy the music was. Yeah. In like in uh Javed's eyes. But there is some moments where it could have maybe done with some silence to like um bring some more impact to a more kind of brooding scene. See, my counterpoint to that is that the silence is used sparingly. And yeah only used for the most emotional uh, moments for the highest amount of uh, emotional impact. So the, the bits that come to mind where there is no music... Uh bits like um Javid's final speech in front of his class. There is no music used in that entire scene. That's a very good point. Um it's there's a con- lot of there's a lot of get of like dead air that when he, in is, between when he's there thinking. Is, there is a lot of work that's put into the that's silence of that scene. Yeah. Um, where he's just speaking from the heart and his words and the most important thing that are being said in that moment. Mm-hmm. And he throws away his speech and is like spitting lyrical just about what. Bruce Springsteen means to him. And it's how head. he thought this guy was the answer. But in reality, it's like the like the life that he's had and his family and stuff. And that whole thing, I think if there was music used in that, it would make it an extra level of cheesy that that scene did not need to be. Yeah. So I think that scene is a key example of um, just how much attention is used to using silence sparingly mm-hmm. rather than just kind of, we'll put a bit of silence here because we've had too many songs. Yeah type thing no that's that's actually a great point and when I read this I was trying to think back of like moments where it really effectively used silence and for some reason I didn't really think of that but I think I was trying to focus more on moments with like the dad and his struggles with like unemployment and things Yeah. and I couldn't really think of any Yeah. but now you've brought that up you've completely convinced me and yeah you're totally right there's another scene where, an where they hash it out like they have the big argument mm. and uh, between them Yeah. Uh, and that's also there's no music used in that scene as well And I think of another scene with the dad where he's getting his hair dyed and it's usually quite a happy moment and there's no music used in that scene either. Mm. It's purely used sparingly throughout the film for the most emotional points in the film to not, I think it's like not to influence the viewer and just Mm -hmm. kind of take what's happening on face value. Um, And I think it's used really tastefully, to be honest. Yeah. Um, But I I mean, if it didn't agree with that user, then that's fair enough to them. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, But yeah, no, you've totally convinced me over to that. And you're completely right for for me anyway. Well, there you go, listeners. I'm right. Yeah. On (laughs) on further inspection. uh, Yeah. It uses silence really fucking well. Yeah. Um, Okay. So next one from Mishra. Uh, None of the characters are perfect in this movie. They are all flawed, and that's what makes the movie perfect. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's fun, that's the whole review. That's a fun review. But I kind of think that nails it on the head. Yeah, literally. I I I think it's right because there were moments when we were watching this film together where we went to the cinema to watch it, and I found specific points where I had I'd connected with Javed as a character mm-hmm. so much, and like, like was seeing similarities and certain things. And was like really enjoying it, but there were certain decisions that he made towards the end. I was like, "Why are you being such a dick? Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. why are you so, like just stop being so selfish, stop being so up yourself, and just kind of like just take the situation on face value." But he's he's a teenager. Yeah, he's sixty. He's gonna make those mistakes. He thinks this music is the answer to everything, all of his problems. Yeah, and it's gonna salvage him, like like it save him from everything. So of course he's gonna like make some stupid mistakes. Yeah, and have to reconcile with them. It's part of a coming of age film as part of growing up. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think that the fact that he's flawed and has to come to terms with like his own kind of maturity in a sense is a really good, um, is a really good thing. And it's, I think it's handled really well. Um, I do think a lot of the characters are flawed and I think it's, I think it's good. Yeah. they put a lot of work at least into the key characters to make them have one sort of flaw yeah definitely with the exception of the neighbor who is the best neighbor ever oh the neighbor will get to the neighbor he's <laughs> fucking cool um yeah I, I remember we were watching an interview and uh savraz said about like he was worried about how his father would be portrayed in the film yeah because like he didn't want him to look like a tyrant he also didn't want him to be like uh like a comedic kind of relief in the film he wanted his father to be taken seriously and but he didn't want to like villainize him as well. Yeah. I think it did a good job of it because you can always see where the father's coming from in his points of view, yeah. but you can also disagree with his points of views. Yeah. And it's, I just think it done really well. Coming from a kind of mixed race background mm-hmm. with an Asian dad um, growing up and stuff. There is a lot of like stuff that's in there, but particularly in terms of representation in British film and in films in general, the dad character is, is off is so often used for comic relief. Yeah, yeah, You've exactly. You got so many British TV shows and stuff where just like, like a bumbling dad Yeah, like a like, bumbling dad who's just like just doesn't understand the to world. Everything. Like there's one that my, there was one that my dad used to love just like to lol at uh called The Citizen, I think. Right. And it was just like this bumbling dad character <laughs> who was just like all over the place. Yeah. And all of this stuff. And it's just like it's this film takes a lot of strides in kind of humanizing yeah. the things that people stereotype and like turn up to 11 in those mm-hmm. comedy series. Yeah, yeah. yeah, And it's like, let's put a reason behind why this is like this. Exactly. Um, exactly. and the struggles that these people had to go through to come to this country yeah, and why, um, they can be so kind of protective type thing. Um, mm-hmm. it's a really, it's a really interesting way that they did it. And I, I really enjoyed it watching watching this. Yeah, one. I thought it was great because um, throughout the movie I was waiting for that bumbling dad scene to come out Look, at some and point. And we're not gonna say that just- his character is without comedy, because he is pretty funny. Oh, yeah, 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 he says some funny shit, but yeah. like it's it's like you're laughing at a guy like rage out rather than just be a stupid idiot. Yeah. It's like he just says something and he's so emotional and angry that it's like what a silly outburst. But it's I think the fact that the thing that makes it the funniest thing is that all the comedy comes out of the truth of the character. Yeah. So there's this whole bit, like don't want to get too much into spoilers or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's this whole bit throughout the movie where the dad constantly think, because the uh, because uh, his son is obsessed with a singer called Bruce Springsteen, that he's obsessed with this like oh, Jewish singer. <laughs> so he's like, why are you yeah. obsessed with this Jewish singer? And he's like, follow the Jews, do what the Jews do. Yeah. It's so good. And it's like, it's, really it's funny. so like, and you think about it and it's just like, that's why would you say something? Like you yeah. can't say that stuff anymore. Yeah. But he's just like, of course you'd think that way. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like back uh, back then or whatever. What I re- what I really so liked, true to that character. What I really liked about that running joke is Jared constantly tells him he's not Jewish, Dad. Yeah. And he just he just doesn't listen. Yeah. And just the next time Springsteen comes up, he's like, why do you like this Jewish guy so much? Yeah, <laughs> just like <laughs> It's like he's not Jewish, Dad. He's like a radio. <laughs> like he broadcasts and just does not take in information. <laughs> yeah. And it's fucking hilarious. It's great. It's great. Um, so how m- how many stars do you think they gave it uh, this review I think is up there I'm going to give mm-hmm. it ai am going to give it a 10 stars they said they gave it perfect. they said it was perfect so I'm going say, to say 10 stars 10 stars is correct what up whoa whoa okay I've got two more <sighs> okay throw them at me they're a wee bit long but bear with me because I think they're worth doing right okay, okay. so next one Mark D Narrative is too formulated. Mark Doherty. Listen to Mark Doherty. Mark Doherty. Here he Wrote is. This review. Here he is. Uh, the acting is fresh and charming and direction is pacey and generally engaging. But once this tale gets stuck on, uh, sorry, but once this tale gets stuck in the tram lines of its bend it like Beckham, Billy Elliot, youngster aiming to shake off parental opp- oppression, you know exactly where it's going to take you. Apart from the nasty national front scenes towards the end, this is a film with very little tension and next to zero surprises, plot twists and turns. And if a story lacks that in a film, then it really has a problem. It descends into a series of box-ticking narrative requirements. I've read the book and it was funny and humane, but this film has not really delivered on the original text. Okay. It could have been so much better with a riskier and more daring script that wasn't afraid to get off those predictable tram lines. Okay, right. That's, that's a lot, but That's a lot, but um it's I'll give it this, it's it's definitely worded eloquently and it's a <laughs> yeah. well-formed argument. Yeah. Um I Okay, here's my question to you, Lester. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think a film like he to quote him needs plot twists and interesting kind of uh, turns on the audience's expectation to be an interesting film um no not not all the time you don't yeah. need a plot twist in every single film this especially film, if it's a film about a real person you want to make it as, as as you know human and believable as possible yeah real life doesn't have those kind of plot twists though exactly and for films specifically of the genre and the things that i think Rinda chandra really excels at that feel good style film mm-hmm. t- taking the rug out from the audience isn't gonna t- blow their mind and say, I see this film in a whole new light. It's going to piss people off. Yeah. Yeah. Because they've come here for a specific experience to be uplifted. It's been marketed in a certain way. And if you take the rug from out from under them and give them something that they weren't expecting after you've set up this nice story, it's not, it's all about the way you set things up and paying it off. And if you, if you twist it in a certain way, like in this film and it suddenly got really, really gritty, then it wouldn't, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. No, um, but no, no. they're not saying that there are definitely gritty moments in this film. They yeah, really yeah, portray yeah. like, and he mentions it in his reviews, the, the stuff with the national front, um, that's portrayed and the kind of division and the racism at the times with the unemployment and stuff and what their family's going through. I really think that they did a really good job of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I actually kind of wanted to see more of it. Yeah. To be honest, I, th- I thought, cause there's only really a couple of scenes. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know standout scenes with that kind of stuff what I would say um against this review is like you said it's very well worded and I can see exactly where he's coming from in his like subjection um what I would say is Gorinda charda's films seem to be a lot less about the plot and a lot more about developing the characters yes so if you're worried about plot twists then she's probably just not the director for you because she's all about developing all these interesting and fun characters and and letting you see how they interact with each other. This is a good point where I'm going to jump in with my 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 thesis title that I'm going yeah, to do it. We've seen we've done two films like grindr Chan now we've gone yeah. for the for the for the first to the to the newest, right? Mm-hmm. We want to bend lot back and with this and from my experience with seeing her films like Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging and some other some other stuff that she's done. I want to portray, this is my thesis on Gurinder Chhada and the question that I want to pose and us to try and answer as we're kind of going through this podcast. I think that what Garinda Chhada does really, really well is kind of portray real people's struggles and kind of the, do, the division of certain uh, minorities in britain and going through and kind of in the mainstream but showing them through their adoration Mm -hmm. of a specific topic yeah i think she does adoration extremely well yeah and that's the sort of thing that i want to explore like ben beckham it's all about this person's obviously obsessed with beckham and wanted wanted to be a footballer this one it's all about springsteen music and using that adoration for that other person who's like on another level to find the strength within themselves yeah, that's I think the thing that she's the most interested in, and I kind of want to figure out why. I don't know. I think it's yeah, really- um, it's interesting because yeah, that film, that theme's definitely in throughout her movies. Um, it's weird. It we'll is. get into it. Yeah, we'll, well, I'll have a little think about that. We can circle back to that. Yeah, we'll circle back to it. But that's just my question that I'm exploring. Exploring, that I'm posing through there. Yeah. Um. Cool. But that's my that's my thing. Cool. Um. So with that. I, I'm i not sure how many of these stars he gave it on mm. this review. I don't think it's very positive. I think it's very well-argued. I'm going to say he gave it, mm, he made a well-argued statement. He used several paragraphs and he <laughs> ar- argued it very well. So I think he'd give it lower than what he's thinking. He gave it three stars, not four. Three stars. Yes. Two in a row. Well done. Okay, we're on the last one. Okay. okay. So this one is from uh, Looning Yuan okay uh guess we have the winner of the golden raspberry awards this year spicy using music to lead the story is not new these days somehow using music leads the story. sorry somehow using music leads the story can have a very good result however this film will be the example of how music can ruin a film the whole story overused bruce springsteen and his song Two long music videos in the his middle song, of, and his song singular. Yeah. Yeah. His Amazing. song, his song, you know, that one he has. Yeah. That one song <laughs> he made, uh, two long music videos in the middle of the movie expressing nothing but a boring atmosphere, hearing Bruce's name or songs every five seconds literally drove me crazy. If you want to make a song and dance film, then go on that path. If you just want to use music, lead the story, then just use it at an important point. The whole film stuck in between of those two different Styles of film, Jesus Christ. Uh and oh the 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 icing on the cake. The lead character, the boy. <laughs> his whole behaviour is unbelievable. What an idiot. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I had it's to get one of those What an here. idiot. Um that's amazing. I, uh, I, it's a real gem. That I mean, (laughs) I really like that one. The review just kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? I don't need to say anything about that. Yeah, no, I just thought that one was really good. That's great. (laughs) Uh, He gave it two stars. He gave it one star. I was being generous. That boy's whole behavior is unbelievable. The boy, based on a true story. What are you doing? (laughs) The boy. Yeah, (laughs) the lead character. The boy. Yeah. Hello, it's me. The boy. It's me again. oh man oh dude um well i guess kind of what we should do should we kind of do spoilers and unspoilers or like just kind of jump straight into it i think it's time to do some spoileries yeah yeah if you haven't seen it because we've kind of given you an idea of this we're kind of like 37 minutes in so we've given you an idea of what's what's going on and what the story is if you haven't seen blinded by the light and you are interested in seeing it um or you just don't want to miss out on any spoilers this is your spoiler warning yeah before so, you before you turn off i will just give you a little uh, encouragement to go and see it um i guess we should probably do like scores then now. you want to do scores now let's do scores now before fucking scores now before we give the let's spoiler the warning let's do scores now yeah okay um, we'll and the then we'll just now. like jump jump in so i really really enjoyed it mm-hmm. i thought it was really good um i think it's just a really good exploration to kind of like that British Asian dynamic of like a kid finding himself second generation and just kind of figuring out who he is and not really feeling like he fits into either or. I yeah. think the, the conversations and the dynamics are really good. I love the use of Springsteen's music. I love the way that he's portrayed as a music lover and a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the dynamics between the friends and stuff is really good. It's just a real good, feel good movie. And for that, I will give it a oh, El Gray. Thank you. El yeah, Grey. were you t- were you teetering there? I was teetering. I'm also teetering. Uh, yeah. I'm teetering. I was teetering between the two, but I'm going to give it an L Gray. Thank you, L Gray. Very cool. That's okay. an eight point five two. Our second highest score. That's a good score. That's a real good score. Um so yeah, what what's what's your thoughts? Okay, so for me, um so last week we watched Bend It Like Beckham. And I will say after watching that I was less pumped to go and see this film. Yes. Um however I'm really glad I did because it just shows how many uh how many improvements Gorinda Charder has made since that film. I mean that's that's a good film like Bend It Like Beckham's a good film, which is not for me. Yeah. And um which is fair enough. You're not a football fan like you yeah. don't like you don't like comedy dramas that much. Yeah. Like it's just not like, for me. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So after seeing that, I was a bit kind of uh, put off. I'm really glad we still stuck to it and went to see this film because I thought it was excellent. So if anyone's like me and they think like Bend It Like Beckham director, uh, that's that sounds stupid. <laughs> Go and watch it because it's really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and this is coming from someone. May I point out that does not like musicals. Yeah. And yeah. this film has musical elements and still yeah. got you. It teeters on being a musical every now and then. Yeah. And I'm I'm mad at it for that. I yeah. just <laughs> <Don't laughs> um, still love it. What are you giving it? I'm giving it the chai latte. Seven point one. Yeah. I was also teetering between this and an L Grey. Yeah. Um, and then I thought because you've given it an L Grey, you'll give it the Chai we'll, Latte. We we'll even it out a little bit. So yeah, that probably brings it to like a total score of like what, about eight? Yeah. About an 8 out of 10. Yeah. Which is really good. It's a real good movie. So if you're thinking about going to see it out, check it out. And you're not sure about it, go see it. Because you should go see and support independent British film. It's out there and we don't know how long it's going to be out there for. Mm -hmm. So go check it out. Um, I think it's really good. With that being said, now is your spoiler warning. Spoiler ruse. So if you don't care about spoilers, keep listening. If you do care then this is the point in which you want to stop. Go watch it and then come back. Stop now. Spoilers. Spoiler boys. Right. Let's jump into it. Okay. So. We're doing scenes? Let's do scenes. Yeah, I, do think, scenes. I think we should do scenes. Um, do you want to go first? Uh Yes. My favorite scene for sure was the projectory stormy scene. <laughs> Yes. Because it was so technically in, in, interesting to look at. This is the techie bit I was going to pick it's up so on. It's so good. It's filmed so well. And I wasn't expecting it from Garunda Charda. Yeah. Were you? I wasn't. I wasn't expecting this, but it yeah. harkened back to so many fucking 80s music videos and stuff that I like yeah, you've seen. Yeah, for sure. Of like- With The words popping up The and words shit. popping up and stuff, and the way that they did it, it's a mixture of CGI and certain things, but when they could- when they were outside they just fucking hooked up a projector yeah and just got him to stand next to a wall on a projector and just get these words of the songs pop up in time with what's going on in the scene and it just fits it looked great it just looks really great yeah. um so really enjoyed that and they also did the same thing with the storms and stuff and the mm-hmm. lightning coming down mm-hmm. on the thing um when he's like throwing away his lyrics yeah um which i thought was really good so uh, very much yeah i really like that bit yeah. um i do have a little uh fun little goof about that bit Oh, go on yeah uh when javed heads outside into the hurricane to throw his poems into the trash you can clearly see the large fan they're using reflected in the living room window <laughs> amazing <laughs> which i didn't notice but i'm gonna look out for next time i watch it <laughs> yeah yeah giant fan um but yeah that that scene is Great. Uh for so many reasons, um the yeah, the projector things really really cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like an impressive bit of choreography as well from mm. um from that kind of point of things and it's just really good. I just thought it was great like the lighting was great. You know, you you could kind of while you're watching it you can see how they've made the effect of a storm, but at the same time you totally believe it's a storm. Yeah. I just thought it was really good. The wind of the hurricane and everything. And yeah. I think What's great about that scene is it's rooted in a true character problem Mm -hmm. and a choice that he makes to throw to to feel like he's not worth it, yeah, and to throw everything away. He's got all these poems and And he just gives up and wants to throw them in the bin. Truly believe in that moment that he's gonna do it. Yeah, yeah, and I think the fact that he goes for it and then this storm happens and all this kind of fantastical stuff happens around him adds to the element of it because it's rooted in that character choice of it being just so real. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think that's done really, really well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's really good. I just, yeah. Love it. Also just like the fact that he's just like a introverted Asian kid, just writing poems in his, in his room. Cause (laughs) I know what that feels like at that (laughs) age. So I feel you mate, (laughs) but um, yeah. So I just like, yeah, I figured, it's just done really well. That's a real good scene. Yeah, real one to great. pick up on. That's great. How about you? Uh, okay, so I'm going to kind of go in and out of like timeline wise. Yeah, yeah. Because we watched this a yeah, we'll while go, ago. Yeah, let's not go through it chronologically. Nah, we're just, just going we like. to pick out our favourite bits. I'm going to talk about a scene that I um, briefly mentioned earlier. And it's the scene with the dad and the mum is kind of painting his hair. Yeah, the hair dye. That's so, oh, man. Yeah, that's a less an emotional scene. It really is. Cuz this whole time the dad has been a character that's like everyone that's earns any money in the house has given it to him. He's in charge, man. He's in charge. He's in charge of that house. No one's allowed to have an opinion about other than the dad mm-hmm. cuz he's makes the final choices, the final decisions and um he collects the money that's collected from the house, pays the bills even though that he is laid off at the moment. Um so you just in you get this sense that he's kind of like there's a there's an antagonistic force against javits character who mm-hmm. just kind of wants to be free do his own thing and they really button heads at this point and there's this moment where tensions between those two are at its highest yeah and that he just kind of wants to go off and fit free and do his thing and the dad can't comprehend why he wants to do what he wants to do yeah he just doesn't get it at just all. just doesn't get it at like, all go it and just, be an estate agent what or you just doing? earn some money like yeah, yeah. we're in going like, something that earns money we need money we're in the fucking late 80s and like Thatcher's losing all of these jobs like yeah he just we got laid off from a factory. You can't go sake. chase your dreams writing about this Jewish singer. Like, <laughs> like it's it's not yeah. it's not good. So anyway, there's this reflective moment after they've had a like I don't know if it's after they've had an argument or is anyway he's just kind of I think there. it's before the hair yeah, dye scene. I it's, think it's the before. hair dye scene. before. Yeah, yeah. So he they've already traded in all of the, like his uh, mum's jewelry. Oh, i was so sad. Um, yeah. to get a little bit of cash, and he's sitting there, and the mum's kind of like, um painting his uh black hair dye why Why aren't you saying dye why are you saying paint because this is that is the a thing. thing it's a thing wow it's a thing it's a thing my dad used I to need do. to know right now <laughs> so it's like a special type of hair dye that you get from certain okay. things yeah. and you instead of like just kind of like dyeing your hair and you wash it in or whatever it's done with this like brush like you saw in the film and yeah. they just kind of paint the hair and it's like what? super super jet black
1: yeah yeah and it's, it's like,
0: like way blacker than natural hair way. no like <laughs> it's 100% like my dad used to do this thing there's no color in that it's hair just now. like, <laughs> like painting the scalp like painting the does it like double up as like a hair gel is that like why they do it's, it like it makes it look thicker yeah because yeah. you're like you're like proper painting yeah, it looks really thick it's, it's on there it's it's on there but anyway so <laughs> we got really <laughs> into on, Moving on from uh, yeah, my dad's uh, sort of like uh, hair dye skills, yeah. painting skills. Um, the the thing that they're doing so it's the mum's kind of painting the hair in, and she's she's doing the hair dye, and he's sitting there, and he's got the, the towel, on and he's just sitting there, and he's just like. He start. He stifles like a sob. He yeah, he, a he makes like a little kind of cute joke of like, oh, you know, do I like now you've dyed my hair? Do I look like the man you you married? married. Kind of thing. And he's then trying he to just make a joke. Fucking girl. breaks down. And he just fucking breaks down. And he's just like, oh, oh, like what's wrenching? going on? She's like, what's going on? This is happy time. Like, we're spending yeah, yeah. some time together. And he's like, I can't, I can't protect this family. Yeah, yeah he's I like, I, f- I failed you. I failed all of anything. you. And suddenly, fuck. Suddenly this antagonistic force you've, you've seen is like, why is being such a dick to his son? Why doesn't he get it? You understand his point of view. Oh yeah. Like his whole thing has been, I need to provide for this family. Mm -hmm. I need to do everything I can to provide for this family. And in that moment, you just feel the weight of his failure. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. It is brutal. It's so heartbreaking, which is something weird to say about such a feel good movie. Um, but that's I like, think that that's a good sign of any feel good movie it can't always be up all the time no 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 you gotta have it's, the journey yeah but you don't expect many feel good movies to get as low as this film does sometimes. and this does it a few times too and it does it a it few times it doesn't just do it once <laughs> no exactly and there are there are certain points where this movie really touch like it doesn't it doesn't dig into it it'll go super super deep into it mm. but it touches on some really heavy themes yeah yeah and i think that is where it elevates itself yeah above kind of the crop of like just feel good stuff yeah yeah um so yeah I, that was a standout scene for me our pass the mic back to you for your next one so talking about uh, i'm gonna keep it on the low train let's do it talking about depressing bits of the film We know what's best to talk about in a feel-good movie all the depressing bits yeah <laughs> um so there's there's a scene where the whole family is on their way to a wedding yes and their route to get to the wedding has Ugh. been blocked by a national front uh I don't even want to call it a protest oh, or a rally. She's a national front march. Yeah. And so it's just a bunch of skinheads walking down the street, you know, shouting racist stuff. And then there's, there's other like white people on the sidelines who are like, fuck off. You know, yep. we, you don't represent all of us get out here, yep. which is nice to see. Cause it's very easy to kind of tie everyone with the same brush when you're making a scene like that for sure. Yeah. Um, and so then there's like, there's a big like kerfuffle. <laughs> <laughs> such a lighthearted word for what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> There's, there's like, there's, there's a scuffle between there's a rambunctious uh, meeting. Yeah. Like the dads goes up to talk to the police. He's like, what's that? Like, we need to get through it. We're going to a wedding. Like he's stressing out. He's going up to talk to the police officer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's talking to the police officer. He's not like, yeah. and then, and then the national front get near him and then they start, you know, just being aggressive and stuff. And then eventually he, he gets like head in the face or something. Uh, so his nose is bleeding and all that kind of stuff. And, um, Javed at this point has like snuck off to buy Bruce Springsteen tickets and the dad's like on the floor going like, where's Javed? Where, where is he? Where, where's, where's my son kind of thing. It's like, Oh shit, dude, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> and then, um, he finally gets there when it's kind of all blown over and the march has carried on down the road, wherever they're going to, hopefully in the sea. And, um, then there's just this sh- great shot of uh Javed it's kind of from a low angle with Javed standing there and there's like a Thatcher poster behind him that says something like uniting the country or something yeah and it was just so I just loved Better it together I it, was, I okay, it was okay it was really like heavy-handed but I liked it I thought it was really good the framing of that. Yeah, 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 so exactly. Good. Like from a cinematography perspective, oh. it looked fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it looked really good. Because you've got this tiny scene and he's just kind of like, it's small in the frame and it's showing, you've got these leading lines leading down to the, the this bridge or certain area where he's going to. Mm-hmm. And in the big billboard yeah. up there right it's in front of, of you is just yeah. that just face. And just like arm up just like
1: uniting in, in the, un- country. Unite the country uniting the country like, yeah, or like my uniting us
0: together or whatever <laughs> and it's just like whatever and it's just yeah. it's like a it's like a it's a cinematic version of a middle finger yeah and it's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. so good yeah it's really good um yeah. yeah i totally agree with you i'm so glad you brought that scene that up it was a great scene uh i, I hate the like i loved i loved and hated the fact that he ran for the tickets and that's when that happened and it's it was it was so difficult to watch this one moment where he's mm. doing something for himself, coming back and then just running into like how much guilt he feels for not yeah. being around his family in that yeah, moment. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's really it's really hard, and emotional. And just seeing the dad like bleeding and just like not knowing what's going on. Yeah, was, like, he's so like. Oh, that dad's just, just so emotional oh, for me to watch. He's yeah. just like, ah. That dad has been through some shit. <laughs> like just in this, in this film. Absolute trooper. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but uh, you you your turn. Your turn. Okay, I'm gonna just go into a slightly different direction. Yeah, let's bring it up. A bit. We're gonna bring it up a little bit because <laughs> we've talked about I could have brought up another depressing scene in the film but I feel like we're painting the wrong picture of this movie if we just talk about the depressing Oh bits. yeah, for sure. So I'm gonna talk about I, I'm i gonna talk about I'm actually gonna do two joint scenes because I think they're linked in a weird way mm-hmm. Um, because they they both involve Springsteen music as do many scenes in this film but the way that they do it I think is very uh linked in these two ways. So the first scene I'm going to talk about is the scene where Javid is working in the market and he sees this girl that he really likes, uh, who's like Eliza, this activist girl. And she's like really kind of always in, into sort of like protesting and talking about what's wrong with stuff. And he's just got on his job with his best friend, Matt and, uh, his dad played by Rob Brydon selling t-shirts in this kind of like Luton market type area. Yeah. Yeah. Enders type it's the marketplace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You get like your four, second four for a pound. Yeah, two pound for a pound. Yeah, t-shirts, shirts. And he's just like, <laughs> so he's listening to a song. And uh, remind me what the song is. Like, oh, you, Jesus Christ, I can't remember. You know. Ah, uh, it's Thunder Road. That's it. Uh yeah. Yeah, ain't a beauty, but you're. Hey, you're alright. Yeah, yeah. And so, that's all So right he's. With me. Yeah. So he's listening to the start of Thunder Road, and the start of that song is like super slow harmonica, beautiful kind of, piano like, yeah. beautiful piano, and just like acoustics. And just, oh God, it's so just, just singing that. Such and he's like, song. it's the one, it's one of the few moments where he's actually singing along to the song. Really. And you hear him, mm. uh, in, you hear him in this point where he's like singing along with the words and the music kind of fades in quite slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's listening through his, his headphones and like his bro- his mate Matt's like dude you you're singing stop it. Yeah yeah. What are you doing? We got to sell these shirts. And he spots this girl and he starts singing to the lyrics to the girl. Yeah. Eliza, I shouldn't say the girl. The um, girl. So- well, he is the boy. Yeah, that's so, true. Yeah. You know. That makes sense. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh but yeah, so he starts singing the lyrics to Eliza and the like um and Rob Brown's character comes in, Matt's dad, and just kind of joins in with him and just kind of encourages him, like, go on. It's like, it's back up. Yeah, he's like, he's (laughs) a legend. He's just, like, walks in with him and he's just, like, adding into it. And suddenly the whole market just jumps in in this kind of, like, 500 Days of Summer-style choreographed, like, almost uh, musically-type sing-along. But it's so charming. Because it's like, he just... It's like the first time that he's doing something for himself. Yeah. And he he sees like, this is what I want. This is what I want to do. I don't care how embarrassing it makes me feel. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it and let Bruce's words take me to where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's really... Done really well. Like yeah. it's just I really like that scene. It's a really heartwarming scene. What I like as well about a scene is cause there's like the whole a whole thing going through the film is like all the kids think Bruce Springsteen is so not hip yo. Yeah. And it's like what It's all about sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it's new like romantics that's, that's what your parents listen to, kind of thing. And in yeah. that marketplace it's just like everyone's dad is singing along yeah, with him. They're yeah, all yeah. just like, Good son. There's, <laughs> right. there's one guy so who good. does a really funny dance move. Do you remember when we were watching a lot Mes- of- them right like there was he had like a broom and it's just when th- oh, shit started yeah. kicking off and he was yeah. like twerking with the broom or something it was too much oh it was so great <laughs> me and you just like giggled at that point was like what is going on here it's so good um so yeah there's that point and it's just it's just really sweet yeah because it's just like it, it just and then the song kicks in and everyone joins in with and him. you're like you're totally rooting for him in that moment yeah. as well yeah it's yeah it's great it's great. So the other scene I was going to talk about, which mm-hmm. is kind of linked to that, is when he, uh, his sister, uh, I should give some background to the scene. Uh, they, at this point, uh, later on in the film, Eliza and uh, Vivek's character, Javed, mm-hmm. is his name, and. Um, Make like they get into a bit of a relationship, they start dating. He has a free house at one point. She comes over, they listen to Springsteen, they're Springsteen and Chill, as I like to call he's it. He's wearing like denim and a tucked in white t shirt. Oh, with yeah, like he's rolled the, up. He's got like the, <laughs> and, the look. And like, I was watching it and I was like, I know he's supposed to like kind of like, you know, kind of cringy in this, but I thought he looked really fucking cool. <laughs> Man, i was like, like yeah that's like <laughs> he's the nailing dream. it like the double denim and everything i was loving yeah it. anyway so his sister comes back into the house she, spots got a bag him, or whatever. she forgot yeah. something and then comes back in and spots them and she's like oh shit you owe me <laughs> sister also called shaz just pointing yeah. out it was really weird just watching a film with my real life sister's name in it <laughs> um but uh, anyway, she, uh, she, uh, she put, she's like, you owe me, type thing. I'm not going to say anything as a favor for that scene. He takes his sister out to a, he takes Shazia out to a daytime, which I didn't know what this was. No, I had no idea. But in the eighties, they had daytime nightclub days for yeah. uh, British Asian, um, kind of uh, adolescents, people, adolescents. And they'd get dressed as if they're going to school and stuff, and then they go into these nightclubs and uh, get changed out of their school gear and into their like party gear, and would just nightclub from yeah. nine a.m. to three p.m. Yeah, and then three p.m. they get changed back into their school gear, go back home. No one would know that they bunked off school to go to like a British Asian bangra type uh, like nightclub gig. That party looked sick as and well. And it looked great it was like a live band and it looked so much fun it was so good so the scene that I wanted to talk about here is the moment where javed um is like ju- dancing around with his sister and watches all of these people having fun these people that he can truly kind of relate to mm-hmm. um as kind of british Asian people at- feeling like they can express themselves in this and controlled his, environment yeah not not just that but his own age as well so like yeah. they all have the same well, the similar kind of deal of like what they're going through in england and they're all the same age and they they just all get it exactly so in that moment they're listening to this some british asian kind of manga music type thing and then he puts on his headphones and uh because the night plays by Bruin springsteen on mm-hmm. there um, and it's like, because the night belongs to lovers. And it's just like, so good. Yeah. Looking around, you're seeing this, you're hearing the music of this song about people just wanting to kind of let themselves free. And it's played to this uh, image, these images of um these british asian kids just wanting to express themselves mm. in this nightclub and it's so beautiful it's really really nice it's yeah. it's really really uplifting it's, it's one that it's one of the most joyous scenes i think throughout the, oh, the movie f- yeah yeah for sure um and it's just really beautiful just kind of him experiencing that joy yeah through this music looking out and like getting it yeah he like gets it and it's really cool you know what i really like about that scene is so he listens to like the springsteen on there and then he kind of like because he's listening to like you know one you know his favorite artist and it kind of helps him kind of get why they're all there as well and then he takes his headphones off yeah and then he starts like joining in with them and it's kind of like like that song kind of made him think like okay like i can't shut myself off to everything all the time yeah like I need to like connect with people as well. I just thought that was really cool as well. Yeah. And then when he takes headphones off, the party plays an absolute fucking banger. Oh my God. It goes off. It goes off. It gets popping in there. It's It's crazy. It's so (laughs) popping. It's so popping. And Shaz's haircut as well. Like right. she's looks like he goes out, he put your comments on it. It's they like, painted it, right? Like They didn't paint it <laughs> straight up hairspray. That's like cement, cement gear. Yeah. That's but it's one. like, but she's like, she's like, you look at it you look like an Asian Madonna. Oh yeah. And it's oh, man, it's so good. Cause like all these people are like wearing all these cool costumes and stuff. Yeah. It's like, and they're like sparkles all just, like, and They're shit. all just like going for it. They're like proper raving at like nine yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. So good. None of them had coffee either. I don't know how they did yeah, it. Yeah, like that's just that's just full on repressed joyousness <laughs> yeah. is like in that moment. That's gotta come out. Yeah, like yeah. full on, just like repressed joy, just like full on that. So good. Yeah, that's um, a great scene. Yeah, it's really good. Uh okay, I'm gonna pass pass it back to you. You got you got any more for me? Um other than uh the 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 ending bits. Okay. I think uh that's where I'm headed. So if you got anything before that. I just want to shout out to one actress that we haven't named yet and i want to talk about um javed's relationship with his teacher mm-hmm. because i think she's really important to this story in this film uh um, um, Haley atwell plays miss yes, clay miss clay um i feel like that dynamic and this Thing that they this kind of relationship that they grow throughout the course of the film is extremely important to what the film is kind of trying to say. Yeah, with this, she's such an influential character in his life. She really like pushes him to uh, reach his aspirations, exactly. Really nice. You know, what actually I really liked about her is, yeah, she's like the encouraging teacher figure, but when he says stuff like, you know, she's like, oh, you should, you know, go for this thing or whatever, and he's like, oh, you know, my dad would never um, let me do that. Um, she doesn't do the sort of the obvious thing that you would find in most of these kind of films where she'd be like, well, you know, screw your dad. Like, just go go for it kind of thing. Do, do what's best for you. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah. She's actually quite understanding of like, well, you know, family's important as well. But she like, she pushes him in like, you know, an appropriate way to get to where he needs to go. And I really like that instead of her just being like, ah, screw your parents, you know, blah, blah. There's a really interesting conversation, a scene that I'm thinking of where she's having a conversation with him after one of his lessons. And she's like, I understand you wanting to do right by your parents, but, at some point you've got to do what's yeah, right for Yeah, you've, you. al- you've also got to look after yourself. And yeah. it's like, in other films, that could have been handled in a completely different way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And also, I think what's great and what adds to her as a character and her belief in him as a writer is the fact that she doesn't need his permission to do stuff. Mm. She just goes off and does it. Yeah, yeah like, she, she, just... she enters his work into competitions. She yeah. just goes off and gives him these opportunities, puts in a good word for him so he can get a, like work experience job doesn't wait for him or his parents to say he's okay yeah well because just like fuck you i know you i know what you need. i know you're gonna say no yeah and i'm just gonna give you the option of yeah. taking this thing i'm yeah. not gonna ask you permission to send it in to a contest or whatever I, I will say i would hate to be one of the other kids in that class yeah knowing that, that knowing that like he's definitely the this, favorite the <laughs> favorite and he's just like the prodigy of whatever <laughs> is yeah. like writing in there Unless clay doesn't end in my poems into <laughs> <contest>. yeah exactly <laughs> that one kid like stays behind in one of the scenes mm. and he's like oh no one wants to read my poems Or like there's this kid who's just been hanging back and for no reason other than to say i would like <laughs> i've been hanging back in this class of fucking ages and she doesn't read any of my shit i want to read one of your poems i thought that was quite funny yeah but no genuinely like she's such an important character to his growth and to how he grows confident in his own writing ability and himself Mm -hmm. and finds his own voice as it were and just gets the confidence to do certain stuff and i feel like it's a cross between the stuff that he finds in the music and the people that surround him and she's one of those key characters I didn't want to move on without shouting her yeah, out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think sure. Hayley Atwell, right? Hayley Atwell, yeah. Yeah, she's I, w- really I was going to say, um, once we get through scenes, uh, because, like, like as I said, Gurinder Charter's films are more about the characters and the plots, I was going to kind of say, let's talk about some favourite characters as well. Ooh. Other other than main main boy, the boy. Okay, all The right. main character, the boy. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to get into, like, um, final thoughts? Let's do it now. Yeah, let's, let's do it now. now. I, don't, I don't really want to get too much into the ending. All right. Because like, well, you know, you can kinda of guess where the ending's going. Yeah. And I don't want to ruin it too much. Okay. Cool. So we're just yeah. going straight into favorite characters. Yeah, other, so other than Javed, I would say. Okay. For me, it's mm-hmm. gotta be his best mate secret friend. Roops. Roops. Roops is such a happy guy. Roops. I really is like him. He's always smiling. Roops <laughs> is such a dude. And he, like, he did the best thing, right? Another scene that I wanted to talk about, and it's, it's it's my Rube scene. Yeah. And it's the first meeting where they have before he's even listened to any Springsteen. And he's like- he's so intense at in that and he's scene. He's so <laughs> intense. And he just kind of walks over. He's, like, sitting on the back of a chair, like, talking to someone else, walks over, and he's just like, you are right, blah, 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 blah. And he's like- yeah. And he, so Javed's asking about who's the boss. And, like, Rube's just get super intense. He's like- yeah. The boss of us all. Like, <laughs> he knows. Yeah. He knows. He knows everything he's the he's the, the fucking straight line to all that's true into this world. Yeah, he gets really into it. And he's like so into it. And he gives him two cassette tapes and he's like, guard these with your fucking life. <laughs> and so he's so he goes and he gives it, he gives him these cassette tapes and stuff. And the next day, this is the scene I want to talk about. After the whole hurricane bit where he's had his experience and he's had his Bruce Springsteen awakening and he's coming back into school um, and he runs into Roops and he's like fangirling out like he is <laughs> proper like fanboying all over this. And he's like experiencing all this. Roops doesn't say anything, but gives the one face that any friend who has recommended something to another friend, knowing how good it is when they're going to react to us. So like, it's something that it's, it's the same thing you did to me when you showed me the William Shatner spoken word (laughs) rocket man thing when we did our rocket man podcast. And it's like, I was freaking out about how funny that was. And you just had the same face that Roops does in this (laughs) bit. And it's just like this knowing like, yep. I know how good this is. (laughs) That was fucking great. Wasn't it? And it's so good. Like that, that is just perfect. That twinkle in the eye of just kind of like knowing what, what good, like how good this thing is. Definitely. Um, and like having that shared thing. I think that's really weird. Um, yeah, he's my, he's my, he's one of mine. He's, he's good. You know what else is a good group scene? Yep. Is, uh, when they're in like that fast food place in the shopping center. Right. And then those like skinhead guys come over and they're like, move is our table now. And they're like, there's plenty of other tables. Like, why yeah. are you being like this? And they're like, no, fucking move, blah, blah. Say the P word a bunch. Yeah. And then uh, they eventually, like, move and they're, like, really upset. And it's like, oh, we should have said something to those guys. And then they realize that Javed has left this VHS tape of, of Springsteen. The, the interview, right? Isn't yeah, it? of the interview, yeah. yeah. Uh, on the table and, like, these skinhead fucks are just, like, you know, sitting there being just yobs. And um, he's like, shit, i got to go back over and get this VHS tape now from these assholes yeah um he goes to take it like they kind of give him some shit for it like try to snatch it back off him and then they both just start singing bruce springsteen at them yeah and then they're, they're just like what the fuck is going on and then it just kind of like lifts them back up so instantly that they're both just like belting it out at the top of their lungs just walking out of the fucking Spitting shopping on one center of the jobs yeah oh it's like so good and like the fucking like the waitress is like clapping at she's them like, yeah. she's like yes finally someone fucking did something at yeah. least you know um it's such a good scene yeah it was just great it was like Groups. that's mvp yeah. like because like you know watching that scene when it's like going back over like you're you're watching it and you're going like uh either like don't do anything because you might you know in some trouble or just fucking beat the shit out of them. Cause yeah. I hate them, yeah. but they go, at, they go there and they do that. And it's like, no, that's the fucking perfect response. Like you yeah. didn't do anything to, to kind of make, you know, your side look bad or anything. Like you didn't do anything violent to them. You just fucking owned it. And you are like, I'm free to sing out loud as much as I want. And you can't stop me. Yeah. And I fucking loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. That's such a good scene. Yeah. So yeah, we both love Roops. Roops that's is good. The, that's Roops the the is very one. good. Um, oh, Such a good scene. I'm man. also um, a big fan of Eliza. I was going to say Eliza as well. Yeah. She's, she's a, uh, yeah, she's one of my faves. She's really, she's really good because in a lot of these films, they do, I'll be honest, a, Bit of a bad job with the love interest kind of character. Oh god, yeah! Like they're all—they're usually really one-dimensional. It's usually quite one-dimensional, and it's usually kind of like, oh, why is this person sort of acting out? And. I really think they kind of put a lot of work in for Eliza's character mm-hmm. to kind of make her more rounded, yeah. as to why she is the way she is. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely. feel like that was really good. Do you have a favorite kind of Eliza scene that you were going to talk about? Yeah. I know that there's one for me, but I'll let you. I think know. it's probably the same one. Is it the, family is it the one? dinner? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's so good. Like that's a scene that didn't need to be in the film. But the fact that- it, it adds so much. It adds so much that it was there. Mm. Like in the script, coming from a point where Javid's kind of going and he's going to meet the parents and stuff, and she's already explained at this point the reason that she's such an activist, that she feels like she has a weight on her shoulders to do something, because she's so against her family values. Yeah, her parents are proper conservative. And super Tory. And just doing, yeah, they just kind of don't know. And then she feels like, that they just think that she's there to like shock them or provoke them or whatever, uh, to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, she just feels like she has to do more, you know, to yeah, kind of yeah. like be heard or kind of put a f- points of view across. So they have this dinner and mm-hmm. I'll let you take it from here. So, uh, oh my God, there's just so many good bits in this dinner. Oh. Um, so basically the, the super Tory parents, um, they start off by saying, I can't re- remember exactly what they say, but they're they basically start talking about Eliza's past boyfriends that she's brought to dinner and saying like, oh, there was one with dreadlocks and there was another one who was like, I don't they know, refer something else. to him as the colored man.
1: Oh, they, they do say him. that, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they I forgot do. about that, yeah. Uh,
0: and she's like, you can't say that. Yeah. I was like, why? But, they, but then they're like, oh, you know, Eliza likes to bring homeboys that, uh, you know, they think will the shock us all, or whatever. one with all the piercings. Yeah, the yeah. And Um, and she's like, well, what's shocking about Javed?" We should point in this scene. He's like dressed up, like wearing a shirt, uh, got his hair swept back. He's not like He just looks like a straight cut guy. Straight cut dude. Like just hanging out like nothing. Nothing is is up with the way that he's acting or the way that he looks in this scene. And she's like, well, what's. Yeah. What's so weird about Javed? What's so weird about Javed?" And they just look at each other. And don't yeah. say anything. And it's like, it's like, you know what they're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the elephant in the room. And there's this scene, there's this bit straight after that. And he's like, Have you ever tried wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and the other bit I was gonna talk about. It's oh so funny. God. You take it. No, no, you do it, you do, you do. So there's a bit where so he, goes up, he goes up, and he's like, Have you ever tried <laughs> wine? And he's like like, well, Eliza's like, No, like he doesn't drink wine. It's, it's against, against his religion. religion. Yeah. And she's like, well, won't get one cup. Well, let's just have one cup and see yeah, how you like, get on. Yeah, he like pours it out anyway. And he's just like, what the fuck? It's like, dude, that's someone's religion. That's so insensitive. It's, it's not just like, oh no, Javed's never had wine before, so he doesn't want any. And he just goes, oh, fuck it, try it. So That would be okay. But it's like, it's against his religion. Two reasons why I love the scene. Yeah. One is it perfectly encapsulates in the one scene that these parents are in just how shitty they are. Yeah, and like, but they don't even know they're shitty. That's the that's point. The best bit, and the fact that they're so in, like, unconscious to their own prejudices, yeah. and just kind of ignorant. Just their milk toast motherfuckers. Completely, <laughs> completely uh, solidifies Eliza's character and why she is the way she yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. That's why but I like, like it. In that one bit, you understand. Holy fuck, these people are terrible. I completely understand why this person is like this and why, why their dynamic is like this. What a horrible situation to be in. Having said that have been in those situations. It's real bad. Yeah. Like it's, it's real bad. What's also good about that scene is it's like, it puts across some really good points like that. And it's also really fucking funny. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's played. I can't remember the actor that plays the dad. He's like a very like well-known comedian. And I just forgotten his name. I can't believe it. Um, But his, his delivering of, of, just a tory just dad from the 80s oh it's just it's God. so spot on it hurts, it hurts. <laughs> it's so good it's so good <laughs> um, um but yeah, yeah that that's my favorite i will say i do have a least favorite i don't know if you okay. do just to kind of even it out sure my least favorite is matt ah uh, interesting yeah? interesting that you say matt okay i'll i'll hear you out why why do you why do you think matt He... I just think he's very one-dimensional. Really? Yeah, I do. Okay. Like, he's just kind of... Like, you know, he's like a Jack the Lad kind of guy. And, like, I know they're best mates and stuff, but he's... Like, the whole film, he's just kind of... I don't know. It seems like he's using Javed a lot of the time. Right. Because he gets him to write lyrics for him, and then he's like, oh, these are shit or whatever. Which, like, if you were... Like, I mean, you know, maybe they just interact that way and that's fine. But like, usually if you're like a friend, you'd be like, you know what, dude? Like, I don't think I'm not really feeling these ones. Like, do you have any more? But he's just like, these are crap. Yeah. Like, I don't want you. Like, don't write me this fucking bullshit. Look, we're also looking at this with our experience in a 2019 head of mm-hmm. how you'd go, uh, kind of go well yeah that's why that's why I was kind of tentative to say like because they it's probably just people yeah. just talk like that yeah as well in those times yeah in that in those sorts of areas i think they were just kind of like laddie and a bit brazen yeah but um is there anything is there any more you want to add to your point before i um just the fact that the, the only things about his personality that i know is he really likes crappy synth music okay and um his dad embarrasses him Right. And that's all I've got. So this is the point. This is the thing that I w- wanted to bring this up, is that mm-hmm. why I think he's not just a one-dimensional character in yes. this is that they do a really good job at the start of introducing their dynamic to each other as kids and showing Javed's kind of, like, not fitting in and doing the stuff and Matt being this one person that he, he can kind of turn to and just kind of, like, hang out and just properly be himself with. He's the guy that gets all these presents from his parents he's not particularly well off mm-hmm. but he obviously gets better presents and stuff than javid does and when he doesn't like a notebook or whatever he gives it to he gets he, matt gives it to javid and, he, and suddenly he's got an outlet to yeah. write all of his stuff just mm-hmm. one small scene later on they have a big falling out and it's this bit after the market where he goes off and he's been, he's just sung the song to Eliza and stuff. Mm-hmm. But earlier on, Matt left because his dad embarrassed him in, in front of the market for the type of music that he listened to and not. Yeah. They were just kind of ribbing him. him like, Ripping oh, into you him. like that crap. And man. that sort of thing really gets to Matt and just yeah. kind of, they, it causes a bit of a rift in their friendship for the rest, for the rest of the film until they reconcile. And there's a bit where they come back together where well, he goes to properly apologize after having one more conversation with the best neighbor in the world. Um, oh, shit, we haven't even got to him yet. I'm, he's wow. the best, right? That's so good. He's the best. That's so good. Um, he goes He goes over to Matt's house and after just taking some real wise advice, just goes back to the house and properly apologizes. During Matt, they have this conversation, or it, it, maybe it was a bit before, where it was just like, I was falling out. And he's saying... We just used to be this this couple of friends whose dad didn't get us. Mm. And we just, you know, you used to be Sad Javid who just, you know, whose dad didn't understand it or made fun of him just like my dad me. And it's like the antithesis of his character, the way I see it is they're two polar opposites of the same coin, the same character in two different racial dynamics. Yeah. And so it's him uh, it's Matt is the white Javed if he was in a kind of working class uh, white family, if he grew up a little more confident, a little more introverted, being able to do more of the stuff that he wanted to do, but still being that introverted kid, and that's what bonds those two mm-hmm. guys together, and that's that particular thread, I know you said it as just like his dad makes fun of him sometimes, but I feel like that thread binds those two characters so well that it makes him more of a dimensional character. If that wasn't him in there and he was just a ladies' man that was just there to point jokes and take Jabba's lyrics and just point fun of him sometimes, then I'd totally be with there with you and you say he's just two-dimensional. He's not, not, not in yeah. there. But I feel like that dynamic that those two have, with them as young kids, them growing up, and then the whole thing with the dads like really elevates that for me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be going a bit too far with him. Okay. I've, yeah, I have don't know. Just the whole time watching it, I just kind of thought Matt's more of a prop than a character. He's got gray hair. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he uses something to prop that up. Yeah, exactly. Um. But yeah, I don't, like he's just kind of there and like when it's kind of convenient to move something along, he has a part to play. And that's just kind of how I saw his character in there. Like it didn't really have a lot, like the whole thing you're saying about with the, the father and stuff that would, um, for sure get me if there was a bit more of it in the film. Right. But all you really see from Rob Bryan's character is him just being just basically a regular dad it would be like oh, you're a bit silly you know yeah. just kind of trying to joke around with the son and then son overreacts and gets upset N- totally if and there was you- another scene in there where you see like a more extreme version of it you'd be like oh, okay I-, I totally get matt now i just feel maybe i'm projecting maybe i'm wrong mm-hmm. but i feel like we see a side to matt where he is although he puts on this front of being a jack the lad type character and just kind of likes to get with women likes to have girlfriends and do all this thing and like be into like Duran Duran and like all of this kind of like eighty synth, synth pop music. He's actually quite sensitive, and I feel like you yeah, see, yeah, of course he is. But you, I, you I, see a side to that sort of thing that I feel like yes, he does overreact in certain situations, and maybe that's not the way that we would react. But if you're a young kid reacting that way, and you are sensitive and you react, re- then you have these kind of instances that happens then I think it makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely had a couple of friends that would like Matt anyway yeah. back in school. But um, I don't know. It He just doesn't feel fleshed out enough yeah. to, to to pull that kind of um response out of me. Okay. I see what they're going for with it, but there's just not enough of him for me to give a shit, to be honest. Fair enough. Well, yeah. That's fair enough. Yeah. For me, it's just the relationship to how, to him and the main character, that's what defines him for me and how, how those characters relate to each other is so important and integral. I feel like it's a big part of it, but mm-hmm. agree to disagree on Matt. Yeah, I don't think sure. he's the best, but you think there's he's something all right. to him. I think there's something to him. I how think about, how about you? You think there's a weaker character? Um, if there was one, I'd put him in the list. Yeah. yeah. Um, aside from some of the kind of, smaller characters there's not really one that springs to mind there are mm. certain antagonists that i wish we saw more of or understood them uh i'm thinking of certain uh bully kids yeah uh, one that bullies javed that i don't really understand why he is the way he is yeah that was just kind of for a scene wasn't um, it? for a couple of scenes yeah. and it just kind of comes in and out that's um, a good point i yeah that's that's one other than that kind of Matt, his bandmates. I'd like to see more of Matt's dad um, because he's only really in one scene and it's kind of a yeah. comedic effect. Yeah. Uh, and You know what else actually good? would be good uh, for Matt is to actually maybe hear one, hit one of his songs from his band. Yeah. You don't hear anything. Yeah. You just see him like going to and from band practice, but you don't actually hear anything. Well, uh, yeah. But it's not Matt's story. So and then, yeah I know like, but like it'd be kind of like good if it was like Javed went to one of his gigs or like, something like that so you can kind of hear what kind of music he's like yeah. and then and then it would be kind of funny thinking like oh Javed's writing this like Springsteen lyric kind of thing I for this guy I that's I kind have loved of funny you know? I I think they do play it you know I didn't notice it uh, it's if they the, did After he wrote the love song mm. for you or for for Eliza they I think there's a brief bit where they play a song like that, okay. have that song, but I'm not sure. Maybe I could be wrong. You know might be right. I, I, I don't know, wrong. I don't remember it, uh, but I don't remember it because there were so many great Springsteen songs in there that it overclouded. Just, just got blown I out of the water. <laughs> um, let's take a moment to talk about the best character in this entire film. <laughs> <laughs> all right, screw Javed, screw all the main characters, yeah. Roops, you're good. But let's put you aside for a second. Yeah, you you got second bench, but Matt, we understand what you're trying to do, but we're going to put you on the other end of the bench. Let's <laughs> stay away. Bring out the MVP of this entire film. Yeah, the neighbor. The neighbor is so so good. Tell me you've got his name. I was really hoping I did, but I don't think I do. Want oh my him. god, we're going to have to sort this out. Sometime. I know, but he is the best character so good in this film well, because you see him in a lot of establishing shots just like peeking through his window mm-hmm. and you feel like he's the kind of he's like an old white guy and you feel like at the start you feel he's going to be the kind of guy who's like oh what are those bloody asians up to next door now you know that kind of guy who's just like it's set up for suspicion yeah yeah you're like the, it's this played guy? for he's suspicious of this family mm-hmm. but what it turns out to be and uh, what this reviewer said that you read out earlier about there not being plot twists, I think this character and what they do with this character is a contrary opinion or an example yeah, of so how they pull the rug out. It's a mini on, twist. In a small in a small way. Yeah. Because um, they set him up as like this kind of older racist guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you... Uh, so the moment after the hurricane is a bit what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Where he, so good. He starts going around and he bins all of his poems then he the hurricane knocks them all out yeah and then he like changes his mind He want to pick pick them all up so he tries to go around picking them all up he misses one and uh it lands on the neighbor's doorstep and he picks it up Mm -hmm. and reads it and it's it says not my it's it's something nf scum or something yeah it's something anti national front basically and it's like a poem that he reads and the next day or something yeah i think it's he, the morning after yeah the morning after he comes he comes around and drops around And he's like got got holding this poem mm. and it's set up as if he's going to confront him like you know why are you writing all this stuff or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's just like for, like for, Sixty, oh like what did he say? Like forty years ago, I fought for this country against Nazis, and now I see swastikas. Yeah, now From, I see swastikas on the high street. Yeah, and, with you know what? Heads. What you've done is a very brave thing, young man. Yeah, it's like and oh, it's like so sweet. He's like, so good. He's so good. Yeah. Like he's just like keep doing what you're doing. You've got a voice, and mm. people need to hear it. This is yeah. this is amazing. Like there are so, so many good. moments where that neighbor just like says yeah. the exact thing that he needs to hear, and he's just like he is just in tune with it. There's a couple of really good layers to that as well, because it's kind of setting you up. So you are um, assuming that this is like an old racist guy. You see him peering through the window. You see he's old. You go like, yeah, he probably doesn't like, you know, other, you know, non white people. Yeah. Um, And then <clears throat> he gets to the door. And before he compliments Javed, Javed says something along the lines of like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. So he's like assuming yeah. as well. And it's just like, it's, cool that there's like all these assumptions going on like you're assuming the guy's racist and java's assuming he is and you're getting the feeling that the guy's assuming that all yeah. brown people are bad or whatever yeah. and it all just gets like squashed because he's like "Yeah, I fought against the nazis and i i hate these people that are give my country a bad name now yeah. like why are they back yeah it's just so good it's yeah. i love it yeah i love it <laughs> so good and it's done so well i wanted to point out the other scene the other bit i wanted to talk about yeah, there's another good bit with just it? just just before he goes out to uh apologize to matt he um sees that they have like a tiff in the middle of the road mm-hmm. and he got stores off back home and he comes out he's like picking up his paper and going back home and he's like i'm guessing you, javid goes to the the neighbor he's like i'm guessing you saw that and he's like i did and he's like, I just don't know what I can do about it. Cause like, I want him trying to do all this stuff. And he's just like, well, is he a really good friend? Cause like sometimes good friends advice deserves to be listened to no matter how hard it is. Yeah. And he just deserve to just go back in there and make up and make up. And he just like, he just like takes the advice and just goes yeah, straight he, back he in there. He doesn't even get near the house. He like, just turns back around. Like, goes take, back baby, over sake, baby. You're always right. Like, yeah. I've just got to go back in there and just sort this out. Yeah. He's just a good dude. He's really good, all-round good dude. He's very we good. We need more of those people. And there's and there's just the last bit of like how cool this neighbor is. There's the other bit where he comes around where Javed's made the front page of the paper. <gasps> yeah, and he's just he's so happy for Javed. Oh my god! And it's god. like he's such a sweet man. He's such a sweet old man. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. so nice. He's just so happy for Javed. He's like congratulations, young man. Like you're you know you're, you're on, on your way. You're on your way, son. Yeah, like yeah. well done. And it's just at that moment that like he's having an argument with his dad and it's like whether he should or shouldn't or whatever. Yeah. It's just it's really just, good. Ugh very so good. So good. Um before we wrap up here, yeah. I want to take a moment because we've talked about a lot here. I could just keep going forever. We can so yeah, go. We, we can go. We can go. <laughs> uh we can keep going. But there's one bit that I think is an important thing to talk about with this film that we haven't really p- picked up on. Yeah. And it's the elements of this film that are that are shot in America. And I want to talk a little bit about the American reception to this film. Oh, just uh, quickly before you get into that. Go for it. What now you're talking about when he gets to America. Uh, goofs. Javed flies to America, arriving at Newark Liberty International Airport. Held the it. sign inside the airport says, welcome to New York. Newark is in New Jersey. Yes. I just thought that was fun. Carry fun, on. Fun, fun. <laughs> uh, Newark Airport, not fun to hang about in. I will tell oh, you that. Yeah, I know where you're from, to. From experience. Did you go to New Jersey? Uh, no, I didn't go to New Jersey. I was changing from uh, Columbia. I stopped at Newark Airport to First fly stop back over. to the UK. I see. And got detained because yeah, I'm a brownie. That. I remember that. That was crazy. Boy. Came back and told us all. We were like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. Anyways, he's in Newark Airport. But the bit that I wanted to talk about is that in this film, I've kind of put this on a downer already. Just, I want to talk about the scene. Right. I've already, I've already kind of put this on a downer before I've even described the scene, but just ignore everything I just said. Yeah. And just kind of let me, uh, let me just, let me just bring you back up with the portrayal of America in this film. When he arrives and he's like, why are you flying to America? You put, there's so much stuff. There's so much stuff that's done with assumptions in this film. Oh yeah, yeah. But, like, you're watching him get questioned at the airport. And he's yeah, like, what's your reason the, for coming? customs guy, whatever. Yeah, and he's like, what's your reason for coming to the US? And he's like, well, you know, I won this competition. I'm going to go do some stuff. But the real reason we're here is we're going to go to New Jersey and we're going go to go to Asbury Park. Asbury Park. And we're going to go check out the home of the boss. Yeah. And see what's going on. And then he goes... Tells his mate and he's like, these two are blah, blah, blah. They're gonna go check out the home of the boss, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And he goes, sir, I can't think of a better reason for someone to enter the United yeah. States. And it's like, it's like this kind of really heartfelt moment where they're just like, everyone's really hopeful and there's no prejudice. And it's like mm. part of you sinking inside, because you know that's totally not how that yeah, would go exactly. down. It's like that's a really nice scene, but that's not the how the fucking world works. Sorry. So I, I want to talk about the reception of this okay. film in America. Yeah. It screened at Sundance and got standing ovations. 20 minutes into the film, people were getting so raving about it so much that Gurinder was entered into this bidding war for the price of the film. It connected so much with American audiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel like part of that might be because of the portrayal of America in this film. It's a hopeful America. Yes, it's, it's very um, pro-America. Yeah, but it's not a sort of, it, there is so there is so much in so much films now. You're kind of they're focusing on the divide between countries, and there is a lot of that mm-hmm. in this film. Grinda Chala did talk about how Brexit was an influence for her making this film, and the divide there. But this film portrays America with such a hopefulness and such a kind of joyous thing of how we feel Americans want their country to scene Mm, yeah yeah. you know it's the the land of the free and to these kind of like yeah where where anyone can kind of do anything everyone has the same potential Uh, exactly type thing and it's portrayed in such a kind of open nice hopeful way that i feel like that might be a reason that it's connected so well with audiences but i wanted to point out that scene in particular because i feel like it's making a statement in the sort of uh, way that they're doing it and doing it in a comedic way. Mm-hmm. There's another bit where they go, they go around traveling and they see Asprey Park and they see where he grew up and they hang out in this bar and they're two brown guys, the only two brown guys in this whole bar and they're just One's wearing out. a turban. so One's like, wearing a turban. It's easy to spot. Just drinking some Cokes. Yeah. And just hanging out, watching a, watching a concert on the TV of this bar in the Bruce Springsteen. That bar looked fucking great too, man. And it's like proper, like that guitars really on the good. wall. <laughs> and like, no one cares. Yeah, yeah. No one cares that they're in this in this bar. They're just no one's own. looking at them. Yeah. No one's giving them eyes. No one's checking them out to see if they're dangerous. No one cares. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just no one's making a statement about the fact that these guys are here. Yeah. They're just in a bar. They're just in a bar. And it's just great. Like it's just really, the portrayal of America in this film is a hopeful portrayal of how I feel that. Americans like want to be portrayed in yeah. in in film, and that might be a reason for it being so well received. Uh, I think things so. like Sund, Sundance yeah. and stuff. I think it was uh, kind of portrayed like that because it's sort of like half through Javed's eyes of how he yeah. sees America as well. Yeah, um, but yeah, like that custom scene, like you, you, I could see that line coming a mile off. Yeah, and I was like, "This is gonna be fucking cheesy," and then it happened, and I was like, "Okay, really? fine, yeah." I can see it coming straight away. Yeah, um, but then it gets into like a really good montage of them, actually a really wonky montage. Yeah, that's really enjoyable, but also really bad green screen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Love it's still it. good. It's just a montage Love of it. them
0: going around New Jersey and taking photos and whatever. Yeah. I mean, I just, I knew the f- line was in there. I have still loved it. Yeah, I just thought it was fun. yeah Yeah, it was all good fun right final thoughts is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up uh just what have we learned i guess yeah right yeah new little end section what have we learned new little end section trying trying it out i have i it's going back to my thesis type thing of like garynda chatter's adoration in film Mm -hmm. and portraying portraying to finding yourself in film i have learned throughout watching Bend It Like Beckham and th- comparing it to this film, that I th- I feel that she portrays a unique, her, her unique thing, Gurinder uh, Chana does, is portraying f- people's finding their own skin and being comfortable in their own skin, mm-hmm. showing um, different kind of minority stories that usually don't connect with a, a, a mainstream icon and using that adoration to portray universal themes in like a, a whole family environment. Things that connect to a British Asian audience, but don't just connect with that and don't just connect with Springsteen and fans, but also themes that anyone watching this film can connect to. I think that's what she does really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole things with family, the whole things with like having a dream and wanting to do your own thing. It's stuff that she focuses a lot on, and I think it's stuff that I think she does really really well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've learned. Yeah, for me it's um it's to do with like that uh like that review said, you know, everyone in this film is flawed. Um I think she does a really good job of showing everyone's good and bad sides regardless of who they are in the position of of her film. Um and I really like the fact that she can make a film without having a big bad or a, or a, you know you know, a spangly white cowboy, yeah. you know, there's, there's no like super good guy. There's no super bad guy. Everyone is kind of in the gray area in the middle where actual humans live. And yeah. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, she's, uh, she, she's often kind of like, um, celebrated for her kind of you know pro diversity things which is great but she's also not unrealistic about it and she shows that everyone has flaws and everyone has good sides and I really appreciate that and I think um it just makes for a very relatable filmmaking. Yeah. I just think it's great. Yeah. It's really good. So those are our final thoughts on there and what we've learned about it. I think you can tell You've already heard the scores, but we loved it. Here's a thought. Mm. Now that we've kind of talked about it and spoilers and stuff, has your re- ch- review changed? Are you still on a chai latte, or are you going to bring it up to an algorithm? I think are I'm still know? on a chai latte. Yeah. It's, it's a film that, um, okay, I really enjoyed it. Yep. I uh, will probably watch it again with yep. people who haven't watched it. Yeah. But for me, some, the, the thing that brings it up into that like higher ranking is is it a film that i can happily put on whenever i want and just enjoy it either with people or by myself so like a film like brazil i could put that on whenever yeah and just be like yeah i love this film yeah so with that like i will definitely give it a few more watches but it's not something that i'm going to always go like oh it's great i'm going to put down cool yeah understood um well those are our final thoughts and our takes on blinded by the light If you have any different opinions or you want to get us, maybe you agree or disagree with our takes, uh, let us know on the social medias. You can reach us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at The Movie Brew. You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Movie Brew. Got a website up for more stuff themoviebrew.com mm-hmm. for longer emails. Maybe you want to send us some hate mail. Yeah, maybe do you, it. <laughs> maybe you, you want to just tell us your f- thoughts on this podcast in general. Maybe you want to send us film suggestions. Give me something toxic to read out. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, hello at themoviebrew.com. So uh, you can reach us on there. Um, we... Want to uh, thank you to everyone that's uh, been listening to the show so far and been giving us feedback. If you want to give us some feedback, you can uh, send us a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm, please do. Give us five stars. Tell us why you like us, because we like that stuff. It really, really helps. It really, really does. So do that thing. Um, the other thing you can do is check out the people that helped us make this thing. by. Jake Brett mm-hmm. Forest Fire Creations mm-hmm. Jake Brett loves your, mu- love your music you heard it at the start you're going to hear it at the end uh, Forest Fire Creations did our uh, artwork so thank you for that mm. um, but with that that's the end of this podcast and the end of our Gurinda Charda sort of uh, bookend yeah uh, I've nice. really enjoyed this I've really enjoyed kind of doing a couple of films on the same it's film it's nice here. seeing like the first film a director's made and then how they are now It's great. Yeah. I thought it was really good yeah so we'll jump into some more stuff mm-hmm. next week we're going to be doing something completely different <laughs> uh, yeah. should we tell them or is it going to be a surprise let's tell them I'm tell excited them. I'm really yeah. excited about it we're going to do take a leaf out of um, Gareth Evans uh apostle book And go check out one of his influences. We're going to watch The Devils. It's so good. So, yeah, we'll check that out. Anyway, guys, uh, have a good rest of your week and let us know what you think. We shall catch you a little bit later. Get out of here. Bye. welcome to the movie brew a podcast about british film and filmmakers i'm joined as always with my co-host lester garland hello how's it going mate i'm okay some people call me the space cowboy some call me the gangster of love yeah but today we're talking about bending it with the boss <laughs> bend it with the boss <laughs> no um you <laughs> can't do that <laughs> oh, that started so well and then it just <laughs> it just fell apart <laughs> Uh. (laughs) that was gonna be a really good intro and then we just both started laughing (laughs) it was so deadpan okay all right let me try again let's do the whole thing again as as deadpan as possible (laughs) (laughs) okay